This is the Sports Machine with Slim. It's Friday. Friday's your favorite day of the week, isn't it? It's mine. It's always been my favorite day of the week. The possibilities are endless for the weekend. Plus, Fridays at work are actually kind of fun, aren't they? I don't know. Everybody's in a good mood. Everybody feels good. They're, they're going to go out and do some stuff this, this evening. Maybe it's tonight or maybe maybe tomorrow. They're looking forward to the stuff over the weekend. So everybody's in a good mood on Friday. I hope you are as you listen here to WKXL Radio. Last night, the Boston Celtics played the Los Angeles Lakers. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't even care about the score. I do not care about the score. I don't care about what happened in the game. Not even going to talk about it. Not even going to talk about the, the, the biggest sporting event in New England that took place last night. On today's show, we're going to talk about some previews for the NHL All-Star Game and more importantly, this skills competition that takes place tonight. It's on ESPN, I think, starting at 7 o'clock. David Pasternak will be representing our Boston Bruins, and I want to preview that event because it sounds extremely Cool. This sounds like a, an all-star event for a sporting event that's actually must-see television. So I'll preview why that is. We're also going to talk about Dan Quinn being named the new coach of the Washington Commanders. That's the football team's name down there now, isn't it? The Commanders? I don't know. They seem to change all the time. Maybe they won't be the Commanders anymore. Maybe they'll be the, uh, the followers or something next season, but Dan Quinn's their new coach. Does the name Dan Quinn sound familiar to you? It might. You want to know why? He was the coach, former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons when they were up 28-3 to in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and we stormed back to win that game. Dan Quinn was the guy on the other side, side of the field <laughs> leading things. Sorry, I'm, I don't mean to be laughing, Dan. If you're listening right now, I say it in, uh, in all good fun. I wish you the best of success leading the Washington Commanders next season. They do have the number two pick in the draft. We'll we'll dive into that a little bit more. But let's let's really go off on the Celtics. And the reason why I don't care about what happened in last night's game is this is a building block, step-by-step process leading to the playoffs. And Joe Mazzula is a guy who I've bounced back and forth on. I criticized him a ton. I've praised him for some of his stuff. But I just want you to listen to this interview he did post-game against Indiana um, after, after the game here earlier this week. It was Tuesday nights. Andrew, can you please play that clip for us? This is going to be Joe Mazzulla um, being asked a question. Buddy Heald kept shooting baskets at your side of the court, and he was talking to the bench mm-hmm. and your coaching staff. What's the etiquette on – Etiquette? Or is there some kind of rules? country about- club? No, I'm just saying, but he's like, he's shooting baskets after timeouts. The rule is you, we, we're supposed to go block it. That's the rule. That's so the it's etiquette. your guy's fault? Yes. We're supposed okay. to block shots when the other team shoots at our basket. That's the rule. Okay, so you got to talk to you guys about that. Yes. Okay. Uh, it was, he was form shooting in front of our bench, so I was waiting for him to go take a shot, and I would have blocked it myself, but he didn't shoot it. He was form shooting. So was he shooting at the basket, or was he form shooting? No, he was shooting at the basket. And then we're supposed to block those? 
what was what was going on with him and your coaching staff? Because it seemed like there was some Sam ran out there. Yeah, it's the rule. Yeah. So yeah. So, like that was what Sam was supposed to do. Yes. Okay. And then there was talk between was it good natured or yeah, was it was it? great natured. Billy Hill's a great guy. He's okay. a great natured guy. Remember, he's the same guy that admitted to his fault at the end of the other game. Remember that? So he's a really good guy. Um, and he took the three at the end of the uh, also season tournament game. Great guy within the rules. I love that he did that. You do? Yes. It's part of the rules. Yeah. I mean, it's part of the game. That's all. Yeah. There we go. That's all. That's. I think that was Gary Washburn interviewing Sam. Uh, sorry. Joe Mazzula. Sam Cassell is on my mind. Because I mentioned him on the show the other day. I mentioned him on, on Wednesday. And it was is really built around the subject of who's the leader of this Boston Celtics team? Who's going to provide the toughness? When I say the leader, I don't mean the best player, who we all know is Jason Tatum. But who is the true leader that when you get in the timeouts and you're in the huddles or you're on the bench in a crunch situation of a playoff game, who's going to talk? And everybody else listens. Okay, last year, that player was Marcus Smart. And he would be the talker. But there were guys in that huddle that were like, Oh, God, would you please just stop? They didn't say it to him out loud because they want to be good teammates. But Marcus Smart had never won anything. And he's in the huddle talking like, here, you got to do this and you got to do that. Well, when you've been playing for seven years and you ain't won nothing, at some point guys go, hey, listen, dude, you know, you haven't done it. So who on this Celtics team can command that level of respect? Jason Tatum, I, I don't see that he's got that, like, verbal desire to talk to the other guys, to challenge them. I don't think anybody on the team really has that, and nobody has the pedigree to be able to do it. I mean, Kristaps Porzingis is coming in in his first year. He can't be that guy, and that's not what he's known as. Al Horford has been here for a long time now. He's an NBA veteran. All the guys in the huddle, they want to win for him. Believe me, they want to get him his first title. But Al has had his chances to be that guy, and like that's just not his style, and that's cool. It's not everybody, but every team that wins – you need somebody like that because talent at this level can only take you so far. So can it be Drew Holiday? Drew Holiday has won a title. So that automatically puts him in a level of position above the other guys. Like when he says something in crunch time, you need to listen to what he has to say because he's won before. But he doesn't strike me as being the loud guy who's going to challenge like that. I think he's kind of coming in playing the third, fourth role, which is what he's really been asked to do. Tatum's number one, Brown's number two. So then it goes into, by default to your head coach, Joe Mazzula. And you listen to this interview, and he says, I would have blocked it myself. And you can hear in his voice, like, he's serious. So this is just a small, unwritten rule, I guess, where players from the other team shouldn't be coming down during the timeout and shooting the basketball in the rim of the, the, you know, that's closest to the other team's bench. For me, I never even knew that was an unwritten rule. It's just, uh, who cares about this thing? Just one of these things certain players probably make up, like the younger generation these kids want to do. Oh, don't shoot the ball at the end of the game, this type of annoying stuff. I don't know if back in the day if this was a real thing. But 
Apparently, it must have been because Sam Cassell also took objection to Buddy Heald shooting the ball down our end of the court. And I mentioned Sam on the show the other day because this guy's a former champion who I think has that toughness streak. I mean, he was a multiple champion, I believe, with the Houston Rockets. Then he gets moved over to the Celtics towards the end of his career, and he wins that title with us with KG and team. Love me some Sam Cassell. And now he's on our bench for the first year. So Missoula last year did a fine job. Regular season did a great job. Gets to the playoffs, I had some real issues with his coaching style. I think the team lacked toughness. It lacked toughness in the championship against Golden State the year before when Ime Udoka was our head coach, when Jason Tatum just kind of wilted like a flower that had bloomed and then was all done and dried up. He just gave up. I mean, he might not look at it that way, but his, his energy level certainly was not where it needed to be. Maybe he was tired or hurt, I don't know. But in the playoffs, the finals, the NBA a couple years ago, Tatum didn't show up. And then last year, he didn't show up in games one through three versus Miami when we're down now all of a sudden 0-3 in a series. Come back, battle. We got some toughness. We make it 3-3. Three to three. Eastern Conference Finals last year. Come out game seven. Jimmy Butler just does us dirty. Can you say that? And now we're all afraid of Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. This year, Miami's not playing so well, so maybe we're not afraid, but come playoff time, you should be. Because the Celtics have not proven that in a toughness situation, they're ready to hunker down and get to the hoop. And that's why I talk about Jason Tatum is your best player. And in the Indiana game, I don't care about last night. In the Indiana game, Jason Tatum scored 30 points, 12 for 19 from the field. He was 4 of 9 from 3. So do the numbers, subtract it out. He was 8 for 10 inside the three-point line. I told you people, when he drove to the hoop in that game, the Celtics were 9 for 10. 9 for 10 when Tatum penetrated into the lane. A couple times he passed off for dunk and layup. Other times he finished. Borderline unstoppable. Borderline perfect basketball player. That's the mentality we need to have. Maybe it starts with our head coach, Joe Mazzulla, saying, I would have blocked it myself. I'll do it myself if I have to. Somebody has to lead the way come playoff time. Last game's not, last night's game doesn't matter, people. Playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. WKXL Radio, we're ready for it. 14.50 a.m., 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. This is New Hampshire. TalkRadio.com on a Friday. That's right, it's still Friday. <laughs> Just two minutes later. The Sports Machine with Slim. Welcome back, everybody. WKXL Radio. This is... New Hampshire's Next Generation Sports Talk Radio Show. Why are we next generation? Because we're doing things that other other radio stations aren't. First off, we give our callers a chance to talk. When the callers call in, we give you the radio airwaves. I turn things over. Now, I will say, just in case people don't know this, the reason why I didn't want to talk about last night's Celtics-Lakers game is because this show is on tape delay. <laughs> we taped it on Thursday. <laughs> and I, I bet you all thought it was live, huh? 
Yeah, no, no, no. It's on it's on tape delay. I have an event that I am at this morning with my son who's doing a talent show with a friend of his, and they're doing a basketball skills presentation for his school. And I'll be a little bit of a ringleader of it. So I, I had to go to that, people. I had to go and see my son and take care of it. What I will treat you to now, though, is a little bit of inside basketball discussion. I told you, we're going to talk Washington Commanders football coach hire, Dan Quinn. Was that the right move? Bill Belichick? What's happening with Bill? Billy, he's gonna, is he going to take the year off and then come back after a year off? Like You might find that you like retirement. So you're telling me Bill Belichick's going to go down in history as the all-time losingest coach? Tied, yes, tied with Dan Reeves and who's the name of the other guy, the guy from Tennessee, Jeff Fisher. They at three, they're tied all for the most losses all time by an NFL coach. So Belichick's going down with that record, but he's not going to have the most wins of all time? I don't know. There may be another football announcement coming about here. You're going to hire Dan Quinn over Bill Belichick? Okay, we'll, 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 we'll table that. We're coming back to that discussion. We're also going to preview in the NHL skills contest. But for right now, my daughter Mila and I are going to talk to you about the value of playing basketball at a young age. Mila, you are the leading scorer for your first and second grade co-ed basketball team. Do you feel the pressure as we go into the end of the season? We've got three games left. We're playing the best team in the league on Saturday. Do you feel any pressure heading into that game? Yes. You do? Okay, I haven't talked to you about this at all. What are you feeling pressure about? I'm, feel- I'm feeling pressure on that they might win, but because they're strong and they steal the ball a lot of times, so I'm feeling a little bit of pressure on that. They've already beaten us two times, and they did so rather handily both times. So what can we change so that we can come out on the, the winning side of things this weekend? Get the rebounds quicker, and when we're coming down with the ball, you want to not stay in one place. You want to get open so the person can pass you the ball. Our team has a habit. Our team of first and second graders have a, t- a habit of, of really surrounding the ball. So if somebody comes down and then they stop dribbling on our team, the other four players kind of all come to that spot. They all want the ball. But then there's a million people around the person with the ball and nobody's open. And we just throw it to the other team. So you have identified a serious problem. What are we going to do to fix this? If you have the ball and you're being covered by somebody aggressively, what can you do to make sure you don't throw the ball to the other team? Hmm. I will look for someone that is open, and if their person is far away, I will try to pass to that person. Very good answer. The other suggestion I might have to you, and people, so you know, I coach Mila's basketball team. My coaching pedigree, if I was going to read you my basketball resume, because Mila saw that I have my coaching shirt on here. It says Coach McIntyre right on the sleeve. Well, I got this as a gift from the varsity boys basketball team at Scarborough, Maine, when I was assistant varsity coach back about 20 years ago. So I was assistant varsity basketball coach there for two years. I was assistant varsity basketball coach for Georgetown High School for two years. I was, my greatest claim to fame for me would be a third and fourth grade coach of Wells Rec Basketball 
This is going back about 30 years now, and my claim to fame is that the first time we played the best team in the league, we lost by about 10. We got smoked because one kid on their team just torched us. And the next time we played that team, I instituted the box and won and put a player on our team who really wasn't a great basketball player at all, but he listened to how to play defense, and he was pretty fast, and I said, you're going to be the person that wins this game for us. And he guarded that best kid on the other team. I don't even know if we were supposed to be playing boxing one back then, but we did, and we beat them the next time we played them. So even if you maybe aren't the best team, my seven-year-old sitting across the microphone, you can still win if you do the right plays. So for you, if you're going to be dribbling to a spot, don't stop dribbling until you get close enough so that you can reach the basket. Then you won't pass the ball to somebody else and throw it away. They won't be, if they're all over you, you just shoot it. Get to your spot and shoot it. Does that sound like a good thing to do? Probably. The last couple of games, you've thrown up some air balls now. You're dribbling all the way down the court. Again, Mila is the leading scorer on her team, very close to the leading scorer in the league. So I'm very proud of you. Second grader doing a heck of a job out there. But you have thrown up a number of air balls in the last couple of weeks. You're dribbling all the way down the court, stopping little too far away and shooting and missing the rim um, on a fair number of those shots. So what did I tell you the other day you have to do differently? If you um, get the ball but you stop dribbling, you if you're far, too far away, you might want to pass to somebody that's open that's near the basket. But I would tell you, take another dribble. Get a little bit closer. Even if they're coming up on you, you just got to get a little bit closer and shoot it. So you got to hit the rim. You cannot maybe be missing the rim. You have to hit the rim. And what we're going to do, this is the Friday episode of the Sports Machine with Slim. I'm going to open up Monday by telling everybody how your team did in this game. So there's some more pressure building on you here because people are going to hear on the radio. They're going to want to hear that your team won. Can you make that happen? Yes. It is a team game. No, it's not just you, right? So I don't want to put all the pressure on you, but if you're the leading scorer, it's like Jason Tatum. This is what I just talked about. Jason Tatum is the best player on the Celtics. You like the Celtics, right? What do you know about the Boston Celtics? That they do good defense, and when they are near the basket, they try to dunk or shoot the ball. We always want to be going to the hoop. That's what I am always saying to my television, and Mila overhears me talking to the television during the games, so she knows they got to go to the basket. I keep yelling at Jason Tatum, and I think he's starting to hear me. I'm, I'm very happy because the numbers over the last couple weeks, if you check these things out, I'm telling you, he's making a concerted effort to get to the basket, just like I'm telling you. You got to get closer to the basket. Don't be stopping from too far away. You got to keep going all the way to the hoop. And I know tomorrow or Saturday, when we're playing this team, uh, we're going to need you to score some baskets. The best player, the team that's the person that scores the most on the team, they got to come through in the big games. You feeling like you're ready to come through? Yes. This is the last time we'll play this team. You get one last crack. We only got three games. This is the last time we play the best team in the league. So if you want to win, you got to come out and show everybody. Words are easy. It's much harder to go out and do it. You understand that? Yes. What did I tell you this morning? I read a piece of paper to you that you had written. I don't have it in front of me, but it said, I want to be friends with nice people. I want to be friends with people who are polite. I want to be friends with people that don't hit. And it was all these positive things. You wrote that at school. 
But yet the first thing you did this morning when you came downstairs is you were sticking your tongue out at your brother a bunch of times and he got upset and almost started crying. And I said to you, it's easy to say what type of person you want to be. It's hard to be the type of person that you want to be. Do you understand what I'm saying when I say that to you? Yeah. And what do you take from that? That you can show your feelings with your mouth, not your mouth. With your face and not your mouth? Is that what you're saying? Well, it sounds like Mila seems like she's starting to uh, tear up. Mila is very sensitive sometimes. You don't have to be sad or something. I, w- I want you to listen what I'm talking, but this isn't something to be sad about. When you, when you come down and stick your tongue out at your brother, I don't really think you're trying to be mean to him, right? You're just trying to uh, have fun. Why did you just stick your tongue out at him so many times this morning? I didn't even ask. Because I wanted to be alone. Oh, you did? You didn't want him to talk to you? Well, why'd you want to be alone? Because sometimes um, I want to be alone. That's, that's okay. And that's a good thing to know in life. You know, it's a good time. Everybody needs alone time. I mean, I love to coach basketball. I love to coach your teams. I love to come to work and talk on the radio. I love to do all this stuff. But sometimes I need alone time, too. Well, I don't feel bad about that. I mean, sometimes I'll tell you guys, hey, why don't you be quiet? Leave me alone. Go do something else. Right? I can just kind of yell at you a little bit. You can do that's That's fine. You don't have to stick your tongue out at somebody, though, to say that. You can just kind of say, hey, I want to be alone. If you say that to me, I'll always listen to you. What, your brother won't listen to you if you say, leave me alone? He doesn't want to listen to you. And sometimes he even takes my ball. Well, yeah. Well, I'll have some words for him maybe when we come back after we take this commercial break. But more of my words are going to be on Dan Quinn. 28 to 3, my man. How do you get over that? I'll have some suggestions for you when we transition back from commercial here on the Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord. 101.9 FM in Manchester. NewHampshireTalkRadio.com is the place to be. Let's dig into this Dan Quinn stuff. Unless the news was, was fake news. That's fake news. Unless the ESPN reporting that I'm seeing here on Thursday turns out to be incorrect, maybe Bill Belichick has actually been hired of the Washington Commanders and they got the news wrong when they first released it. That's possible nowadays, people. Can't trust everything you see on the websites. I'm going to assume, for the sake of this uh, taping, though, that Dan Quinn is your current coach of the Washington Commanders NFL football team, do we know Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys this past year? A Dallas Cowboys team that, I mean, certainly underachieved in the playoffs. I mean, let's, let's just peel back the onion on that for a second, where they got smoke showed. They were down 28 nothing to Green Bay with a player who maybe he's just a talker. I mean, maybe his talking game is a lot higher than his actual game, but when I watch Micah Parsons play, just from an athleticism standpoint, speed and strength, I I don't remember anybody who's as dominant as him. Now, I know uh, Aaron Donald has been a pretty fantastic defensive lineman for a while here, but he doesn't have the speed. 
that this cat has. Micah Parsons. I mean, Lawrence Taylor is really the, the name I, I think of when I'm going way back in history to say, who is somebody that, that is comparable to Micah Parsons just from an athleticism and football standpoint? Well, Dan Quinn had that guy on his team this year. So why do you think the Dallas Cowboys defense was pretty good? Maybe it had something to do with a, a generational type of talent on your defense. Well, I mean, you weren't able to do anything game plan-wise to stop Green Bay. A Green Bay team that was a wild card team, right? Made it into the playoffs. Oh, no, maybe they won their division. I think they did. Was it Tampa Bay? No, Tampa Bay did. Yeah, right. Green Bay got in as a, as a wild card. They were nothing special. You were the number two seed, Dallas Cowboys. They come walking into your stadium and just beat the crap out of you. Well, Dan Cam- I mean, uh, Dan Campbell, he's on the mind. He's at home, too. Dan Quinn. <laughs> Dan Quinn is overseeing that defense. He gets rewarded with the head coaching job at Washington. He's the guy who was the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, 28-3. to And they lose that. I mean, what a game. You look back at the historical games here that this Patriots franchise has been a part of in Super Bowls over the last 20 years, the six of them that we've won. I mean, the play with Seattle at the end of that Super Bowl with Malcolm Butler picking off that pass when Pete Carroll should have run the ball to Marshawn Lynch a thousand times out of a thousand. And he says, no, we're going to outsmart him. We'll do the pass. <laughs> Just, I mean, that's, that's a horrible thing. Tom Brady, baby. Tom Brady lifted everybody up. That's why I keep talking about the Celtics. Who's going to lift us up? Who's going to lift you up? You need one, one person that's just going to like refuse to lose. We're going to win. We're going to win this game. We're going to do it, and if I need to go do it for us, I will go do it for us. Believe in me. Give me the ball. Do it, Jason Tatum. You need to be that guy, dude. You need to be that guy. You can get to the hoop. When you get to the hoop, you're going to score. Is Dan Quinn going to score when he gets to the hoop? I don't think so. This is just a head scratch and move by the Washington Commanders. I mean, we're just recycling these same coaches. I mean, what are you expecting? Insanity. Definition of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. But maybe nobody wants that Washington Commanders job. Did Bill Belichick want the Washington Commanders job? I don't know if he interviewed over there. It seems like it's been quiet almost. You have to do investigative research to find out where these guys are interviewing. I know Belichick did interview with the Atlanta Falcons, but they went and hired, didn't they hire a Cincinnati offensive coach? Is that who they hired? So Belichick is just, he's just fading off into the sunset. Isn't it weird? Like it, he, 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 You'd think he should do some sort of like a, a reality TV show. Like, where am I going to go next? <laughs> that can be the name. People would watch it, at least people up here. Throw it on Twitter. People would watch that stuff. Bill Belichick, no. He's keeping everything quiet. Something still inside of me says Buffalo should be making the switch. I mean, it's only been a week here. We can change since Buffalo got ousted by Kansas City. Shouldn't, I mean, shouldn't something change there? Is Buffalo, is anybody expecting Buffalo is going to come through and win it all next year? Like, if you were going to go and, and place a bet today, who's going to win the Super Bowl next season? Who's going to be your champion in the NFL? Is anybody going to pick Buffalo? I don't, I, there's no way I am. There's, there's absolutely no chance. But I'm going to tell you what, if today 
Buffalo announces Bill Belichick as the coach of the team, I say Buffalo is definitely winning the Super Bowl next year. That, and that is how my maybe that's just an error and a flaw in my mind, but I really don't think so. I think Belichick is like that much better of a coach than McDermott, and he has the talent up there. Buffalo would be doing something different. Their ownership would say, hey, we're making this move. We're going to win. I'm going to win it for you. I'm going to get a coach who knows how to do this. Put Belichick into a ready-made situation with a top-five quarterback in the, te- in the league whose biggest flaw is decision-making. What's Belichick's, like, code? I mean, what's his, his, his claim to fame, really? Teaching people on the field how to make good decisions in the moments, whether it's a defense, everybody do your job. Don't go around the end and leave an opening here, defensive lineman. Hold your spot, contain, let somebody else make the tackle. Decision-making, teaching people how to be part of a team and just do their job so the team can operate at full efficiency. Buffalo, you're not operating at full efficiency. I know you had injuries and stuff. Don't tell me that you guys, you had the home field. To a team that embarrassed you a couple years ago, Kansas City, when you were up on them with like 15 seconds left in the game, you kicked off. Just to, that's the most embarrassing, well, second most after the 28 to three Atlanta defeat in the Super Bowl. But that's that defeat by Buffalo. I mean, they stormed back in position to win. And they allow Kansas City to drive down the field 15 seconds or whatever it was to kick a game-time field. Oh, my gosh. How did that even happen? So terrible. But 28-3, to that's got to be worse, doesn't it? (laughs) Atlanta was so outplaying us in that first half when you watched poor Tom Brady. Oh, my goodness. The first half, he was getting absolutely crushed. you got to rewatch that Super Bowl sometimes. That one in Seattle is just great to watch both games. But that Atlanta one especially because – you watch the first half, you'd never believe we're coming back. Like even, even nowadays, I rewatch it sometimes. I'm like, oh, no, we're not coming back from this. Like You really think the score might be different. It's like, there's no way we win this game. Poor Tom was all beaten up, but just refused to lose. It's one person on a team who can make that level of difference. That's the, the theme of the show, apparently, whether it's first and second grade basketball or it's the Boston Celtics whether it's the New England Patriots organization and reason for success, Tom Brady, he was the reason for our success over 20 years. I've explained to you people. He made the Patriots a winner. He made the Red Sox a winner. Celtics a winner. Bruins a winner. And now he's gone. Somebody needs to pick up that mantle. Jason Tatum, I want it to be you. Sam, can, Sam Cassell can show you the way. Sam Cassell, maybe Joe Missoula can get on board with this. The Bruins, Jim Montgomery. He can show us the way. When you have three goals in the final period of the championship game to win the main Black Bears, the national title, that's the guy that can lead the way. I know Jim Montgomery's a coach and not a player, but he will do the things and make the decisions and get the faith of these guys behind him, the confidence, so that when he makes the calls, these guys are going to be prepared to go out and implement it. I believe this. I believe the Bruins are in for something special this season. I really am starting to more and more and more I watch. I, I, I like the Bruins' chances more, even more than I like the Celtics. I hate to say it because I always think the Celtics are going to win, and I know we have so much talent. My brother Dave is like, 
Celtics can't lose. They have so much talent, so much better than everybody else. Can't lose. I think sometimes he feels that the NBA is just kind of like a soap opera where the regular season is just played out with storylines, almost like the Travis Kelsey stuff with uh, Taylor Swift. Like, are they really dating? It's just, you know, it's just to, to get more money and more eyeballs and everything. That's what the NBA regular season is about. And then the playoffs are different. When the playoffs are ready, Celtics will be ready. I don't know. I'd love to believe it, man. I've just had my heart broken so many times by the Celtics. They, they are so good, but they don't hunker down and say, like, let's get this job done when the time comes. Like, they just haven't. So what, are we supposed to believe that, oh, wait a minute. Oh, no, Golden State was just that much better than the Celtics two years ago. We were up two games to one in the finals. We had the home court for game four. And we were, like, tied into the fourth quarter. And then Golden State just embarrassed us, and then they smoked us the next two games. We just kind of gave up. How do you learn not to give up? You come through in one situation, and you gain the confidence of everybody, and you gain the confidence in yourself. Good luck to you, Dan Quinn. I hope you're able to come through and gain that confidence. Let's talk some NHL hockey and preview this uh, very cool skills competition coming up tonight. WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. NewHampshireTalkRadio.com, coming back with Bruins Talk. So let's preview this. Incredibly cool sounding NHL skills challenge that's going on tonight. And if you want to get invested in the Boston Bruins this year, which you should, because this team is going to be awesome fun to root for in the playoffs. I'm just telling you, from now on in, they played about 50 games. I don't know the exact number here, but um, more than half of the season is over. Bruins have the most points in the National Hockey League for the second year in a row. Best regular season record right now. And the team just has something fun going on. I just, I just see it. They have all the pieces. Great camaraderie, especially on the goaltending side of things with both Swayman and Elmark. And we got great top-end talent. Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, who's in this skills challenge. That's why I want to talk more about it. Charlie Coyle. I, I am not a hockey expert, but I'm telling you, this dude's one of the best players in the league. And, and you want to learn who these guys are on the Bruins. So that's why it's worthwhile to watch some of their games going through. And it's worthwhile to spend some time, I think, tonight to learn about the very best players in the National Hockey League. So I'm going to describe what's going on here. You're going to, you're going to like this. Some of the players, as a heads up, Nathan McKinnon from Colorado Avalanche, who I believe leads the league in goals. William Nylander from Toronto. Kale McCarr from Colorado Avalanche. I, honestly, I don't know who that is. Matthew Barzal from New York Islanders. JT Miller, Vancouver. Nikita Kucherov from Tampa Bay, who I think is the second leading scorer in the NHL. Quinn Hughes from Vancouver. Connor McDavid from Edmonton. I think Connor McDavid has won the scoring title the last couple of years. He's the superstar prodigy, for people that don't know. He's on Edmonton, Connor McDavid. They've had some serious issues in the playoffs. So that team just over the last few years, I think has been considered kind of soft. I'd almost compare them to like a Celtics team who's run up against Miami when they were supposed to win and just lose. Like they, they lose as the favorites. That's what kind of what Edmonton does. 
And so Connor McDavid has that little bit of a stigma against him, as does, I think, Pasternak. Elias Pedersen, Vancouver, Austin Matthews, Toronto Maple Leafs, Leandre Sadi, Edmonton Oilers. And we got our David Pasternak from the Boston Bruins. So here's how it goes. 12 players. Apparently the winner gets $1 million. I'll tell you right now. The winner ought to say going in, hey, I'm going to try and win this. If I get the million dollars, I'm going to give it to XYZ Charity. Just make a story for yourself. Say, I'm, I, want, I want this. I'm going to kick it off with a million dollars, and hopefully other people can chip in. Let's do some good things. Just make that announcement. That's not what's happening, I don't think. But here's the events. They're starting out these 12 players. You're going to pick four events to be in out of six. The six events are fastest skater, one-timers, meaning a pass is coming to you and you're just going to slap shot or the quick wrist shot, I guess. One-timers, passing challenge, hardest shot, so who can crank it out there to hardest, stick handling, accuracy shoot, accuracy shooting. Pasternak's in the one-timers, the hardest shot, stick handling, and accuracy shooting. I will tell you people, Pasternak with the hardest shot is going to be somewhere near the top. That dude can hammer. And he's going up against, I think, five guys. Austin Matthews, Kale McCarr, JT Miller, Elias Patterson. So it's Pasternak and those other four are in there. So all these 12 guys got to pick four events. Fastest skater, one-timers, passing challenge, hardest shot, stick handling, accuracy shooting. Pick four events, you're going to go through. Then... The top eight finishing rankings. I don't know how they're scoring these events, but the top eight out of the 12, eight move forward. This next segment of the competition involves the one-on-one. So the top eight point earners from events one through six will participate and choose the goalie they shoot against. So apparently you're going to be coming down doing... Almost penalty shots, similar type situations. You're coming down. You're picking the goalie that you're going to go against, which is pretty awesome. I wonder, though, as I read off the list of, of goalies that are available to pick from, and I'm assuming these are all the, the goalies in the game. Yeah, I see eight of them that will be playing in the All-Star game. So you got Jeremy Swayman from our Bruins and seven other um, goalie options. Could Pasternak pick Swayman? <laughs> so that, I'm sure that's not, not going to be allowed, but imagine if like, you waited till you were last and you just picked the goalie on your own team and the goalie's like, well, dude, I want you to win the skills challenge, right? This is not a, a skills challenge for goalies. This is a skill challenge for, for the offensive players. So I, I'll just pick Swayman if I'm Pasternak and, uh, dude, let me score. I'm sure that's, that's not allowed. But it is pretty cool that you're going to have to pick what goalie you want to shoot against because – if you're the goalie, you probably have other players on your team who are trying to win this, this skills challenge, right? So they're going to be competing to try and stop you so that the dude from their team can win the skills challenge. That's, that's, this is, so this is why I'm saying this competitive thing is very, very fun. This is going to be one, one to watch. you got the six first events. Each player goes in four of them, move forward the top eight. Then we're doing this one-on-one challenge. Then we'll move after the results of that. To the top six. Okay, the top six players, points scored from the combination of all the events up till that point. So it's not just the uh, the one-on-one situation, kind of which is that first playoff round I talked about. 
it's not like, oh, you know, those are the only scores that matter. No, it's going to be combined from all of the events leading up to that point, which makes sense. Then you got the top six players. They're moving on to the final round. What's the final round going to be? Let me read it to you. The Pepsi NHL obstacle course. Points will be doubled for the Pepsi NHL obstacle course. So apparently this is all going to be cumulative still. All-Star Weekend will have a completely new look this year as well. Blah, 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 The NHL, well, there it doesn't tell anything about what the obstacle course is. So you know what I'm going to describe to you? It's an obstacle course. You're going to be skating around objects as quickly as you can, probably from one end of the ice to the other. Go around the obstacle, finish up shooting the puck into the net. Probably going to be a timed thing where the person who has the fastest score, going from one end to the other, and maybe back, gets the most amount of points. Then they're going to add those. Those points get doubled. So why is this? Isn't that interesting? The obstacle course is the final thing that's going to carry the most amount of weight. I don't know if that's going to be an exception. There should be like a fighting category. That should have been the last thing, the last six guys to like MMA style to really battle it out. Or just just to maybe final two work down to the final two. Okay, you guys got to fight. Who's going to get the million? That'd be pretty cool. I bet you everybody would be watching that. Dana White wants to get in on some of that action with UFC, definitely. I have that idea. So if anybody puts this into play, I want credit for this. Kind of similar to how the uh, NBA All-Star Game is going to be going All-Star Weekend. Did we see this? That Steph Curry is going to be squaring off against the WNBA player in a three-point shooting contest. Sabrina Ionescu? Do we know about this? Three-point challenge, Steph Curry's going to be going against Sabrina. Well, on our show, our airwaves, just a short month or two ago, McBFQ had said, hey, Slim, I'd like to see Caitlin Clark in the NBA three-point shooting contest during the skills weekend, during the skills um, competitions. And I said, absolutely, that would, that would make me want to watch that so much more. I'd love to see Caitlin Clark out there firing threes against the guys in the NBA seeing if she can beat them. There's no reason why she couldn't. All of our eyeballs would be on that. 100%. Why do you think it's going to be Steph Curry against Sabrina here? They're obviously putting that out there. People are going to want to watch that. I mean, I'd want to watch Caitlin Clark a little bit more. She's going to be the all-time leading scorer for women's college basketball. I mean, she's in second position right now, most points scored. She'll break the record sometime in February at the current rate she's at. She's by far the best women's basketball player I've ever seen. And definitely the biggest draw, too. I mean, I want to watch her play basketball. I can't wait to see the the women's NCAA tournament. I just want to see how far can she take them. Because talent-wise, her whole team is probably not at the same level. I'll just put this nicely as the other teams. I mean, it's South Carolina, LSU, and some of the other schools. Even UConn and whatnot. I mean, she's going to be up against it from a talent standpoint with the rest of the players, but she can take the team all the way. And my seven-year-old daughter is still here, and I'm wondering if you're listening to me say the name Caitlin Clark and how she's the best woman basketball player I've ever heard or ever seen, what do you think about those words? Good. What's so good about it? Because I like Clayton. You like Caitlin Clark? You've watched her a little bit with me? Yeah. What do you like about her? That she's a quick shooter. When she gets down, she wants to pass 
if somebody's guarding her and she passes and then the other person shoots and she sometimes wants to try and shoot. That's right. She wants to shoot a lot, but she does pass the ball. Had 10 assists, I believe, in her last game. Caitlin Clark, we can't wait to see what happens for you after college. I'm going to tell you what, I'm tracking it all the time. I'm looking to interview Caitlin Clark on this show, The Sports Machine with Slim. She's at the very top of the list of people I'd like to interview. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this Friday episode on WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. This is NHTalkRadio.com, and I'm wishing you all a fantastic weekend. Mila, I hope your team wins on Saturday.